You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Carmelina Bikino, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston with another episode of Are You Listening? Welcome, David. Hi, Carmelina. It's good to be home. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, last time we had you zooming in from Brisbane. From Brisbane. Yep. So um, it's nice to have you. We're still zooming in, but you're from Launceston this time. So it. must be good to be home. It is. It's good to be home. Yeah, absolutely. So um, today's another episode of your Are You, Lis- Are you Listening um, series. Mm. And as always, you start each one with a proverb. So what have you got for us today? Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. Yes, yeah, so uh, we're talking about contrasts today, which I'll talk a bit more uh, about in a moment. Mm. But I thought we might read from... Proverbs chapter 16, it's a really great proverb, Mm. uh, and it does talk about some of these contrasts. It starts off, the preparation of the heart belongs to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And much Mm. of the proverbs are actually like this. They have this contrast, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But in chapter 16, I'd like to just read a few verses, 5 to 9. So I'm starting in verse 5. I'm reading from the New King James. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little righteousness than vast revenues without justice. A man's heart plans his way but the Lord directs his steps. Mm. So in these verses in chapter 16, as well as, as I said, most of Proverbs actually, uh, for the majority of uh, Proverbs, Solomon compares the good with the bad. And and in these poetic comparisons and contrasts, he discourages the bad and he encourages the good. Mm. So in these bracketed sayings, Solomon compares things like the wise and the foolish, the righteous and the wicked, good and the bad, and I'm sure... Many people have heard this before um, as they've read or or experienced it as as they've read through Proverbs. I wonder if people have ever wondered why, though. Have you ever wondered why does he have these comparisons? Mm. Like comparing light with dark? Yeah, light with dark, Mm. wise and foolish, you know, and all of these different comparisons. It's an interesting poetic form that Mm. he uses. It's not used too too many other places in the Bible. It's in a couple of spots, but not too many. For me, it seems like the Proverbs, the the whole book of Proverbs, is this microcosm of the Bible. Mm. Stories in here, in the Bible, compare the good and the bad choices of mankind and God's attempts to try and show us what's right and wisely redeem us. This is the theme of the Bible. Mm. Um, and a good example of this is uh, also in Proverbs 16, and it's verse 17. It says, The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. So that's the good, mm. um, as in the, the actions of the good. He who keeps his way preserves his soul. Mm. And so this is talking about evil in there, but it says the highway of the upright is to depart from evil, and he who keeps his way preserves his soul. In essence, this is the theme of the whole Bible, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. 
you know, departing from evil, um, preserving your soul. And, and so today we're going to have a look at why we need instructions like that. And the topic is called Good and Evil, Light and Dark. And we'll mm. get to that later. Absolutely. And um, last week, I believe, our topic was origins. So, um, of course, you can catch all the episodes of the Are You Listing series on the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. Um, be sure to check it out. Today is the sixth instalment, so um, it's Ooh. it's going to be an interesting one. Um, and I saw when you wrote out the theme for today's one, it was based on the great controversy, and I was just telling you yeah. before we started that I've actually never read it. Um, yeah, it's yes. an interesting book. I need to read it. It's, it's, it's some it's good insights. Yeah, I think yeah. one day, one day. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, so what have you got for us for light and dark, good and evil? How are we, going, how are we starting off this morning? Yeah, well, it's good. As I continue in this series, today I want to look at uh, how we can have a good God but still be surrounded by evil. We look around today mm. and there's just so much wrong in the world, so many things going wrong. And I want to really uh, unpack why that's so and mm. how we – it's a real dichotomy. You know, one seems to be in complete opposition to the other and it's true, it is. Mm. And I want to really unpack that and, and see what it looks like. But before the break, I want to ask a listener question that mm -hmm. is related to this, this good, bad, um, light and dark. So the question I want to ask is what was something that you were told was good? What was something you were told was good, but when you tried it, you found out it was bad? Mm. If it wasn't something you tried, then you saw someone else try. Okay, so what was something that you th you were told was good, but when you tried it, you found out it was bad? Mm. <clears throat> so uh, I'll start you off with uh, with my example. Mm. So for me, it was was drinking. I was always brought up uh, as a, a Christian in the Christian faith, and I was always told that drinking wasn't good mm. and don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as young people, we don't always like to listen to our parents. We mm. like to figure it out for ourselves. Yes. So uh, I had a, two two brothers that joined the Air Force ahead of me, and one of them said that this was a good idea, not a bad idea. So I experienced it for myself, and I mm. found that he said it was good. Well, for first, um, first of all, it, it actually tasted terrible, <laughs> and I didn't know why he said it was so good. But then I got used to that over time, and and I, I found out that it was really, really bad. It was bad for my mind. It mm. was bad with the results that came from it. And, uh, yeah, all in all, it wasn't good like mm. he said it was. So I avoid it completely now. Mm -hmm. And the second one was speeding. Now, any young person I'm speaking to out there knows what it's like to take off in a plane and have that pressure of the speed push you into the back of the seat. Mm. Now, when you're in control of that in a car, it seems really good. But so much can go wrong when mm -hmm. you speed, so much. And I've discovered that myself. First of all, if you simply get caught by the police, it eventually you lose your licence, and that happened to me a number of times. And I learnt that financially it's not a good thing to speed. No. I also nearly died speeding once. Wow. And certainly the combination of these two uh, was one of those times. Uh, and, and it was only for the grace of God that I'm sitting here today um, mm. because I went off the road. I didn't even see the corner coming. 
went off the road, it went across a big concrete culvert that I should have hit, but I went over it and and I, I survived, but mm. uh, only for the grace of God. So for me, I was told drinking was good, I was told speeding was good, uh, but I found that they neither of them were actually good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that I can share as well. I think a similar situation, like definitely my peers when um, going to university, like drinking was one mm. that I tried and went like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm terrified of speeding. Um, the mm. idea of getting caught is something that scares me. And also my father's a panel beater. Mm-hmm. So um, we are we very... see all the results. <laughs> yes. We're very aware of what can happen, um, not just from speeding, but even just being just a little bit negligent and not paying attention. Yeah can definitely um, be a result of that. Mm. And I guess um, something else, oh, that's a hard one. Anyway, let's put it out to our listeners. What about you? What was something that you were told was good, but when you tried it, you found out it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't good, it was bad? Mm. Um, text us in this morning. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 0488880891. What was something you were told was good, but when he tried it, actually wasn't so good. It was actually pretty bad. Mm. Um, let's head on to a, a break early. Our first song this morning is God Really Loves Us, featuring Maverick City Music, and it's written by Crowder and Dante Bow. I've got a friend Closer than a brother there is no judgment, oh how he loves me I've got a friend And he is my strength He is my portion With me in the valley, with me in the fire With me in the storm
You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we have David Maxwell on the topic good and evil, light and dark. Before the break, we had a listener question for you, which was What was something that you were told was good, but when you tried it, found out it was pretty bad? Mm-hmm. Text us in this morning on 0488. Double eight zero eight nine one. We would love to hear from you this morning. So, David, we're continuing um, your series. Are you listening? Mm. And we've got our topic: good and evil, light and dark. And before the break, you said we're going to look at where um, where all the bad comes from. Wait, hang on. Where all the bad came from, God. So is good. Wait, that doesn't make sense. How are we starting no. off today? No, look. Yeah. If 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 the bad around our world came from God, does that mean God is bad, or mm. is He good? So that's what we're really looking at. So I think I put that wrong in the script for you. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so today it, it it puts a question on God's character: mm. Is He good? Is He bad? Um, if 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 God created everything. Mm. And we have bad, then didn't God create the bad? Mm. And that's the obvious question that people ask. So, yes. so then you have to question his character. You know, is he playing with us? Is mm. he good, or is he not so good? And many people have come to that conclusion. So, first we'll pray, and then we'll read the passage that we're looking at. All right, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that we're here again today, opening your Word, and we pray that you would speak to us from it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Carmelina, I'd like to start with 1 Peter 2, 7 to 12. Would you mind reading that for me, please? Absolutely. And we're reading this morning from the New King James Version. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offence. They stumble, being disobedient to the word, to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshy lusts which war against your soul, the soul, having your conduct honourable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation." Thanks, Carmelina. All right. And so even Peter here, Jesus, one of Jesus' closest disciples, he contrasts the good and the bad here, doesn't he? Mm. In what you've just read, he talks about how they used to be bad, but Jesus has made them good. And that good comes out in the the, the things they do that people can observe. Mm. And that when God comes, he's going to reveal the, the true character, if you like. Mm. So summarising the idea from um, an ancient Greek philosopher, Epicurus, some people might have heard about that, and this man was writing in 1739, he's a modern philosopher, David Hume, 
In his effort to explain the problem of evil in the world with the idea of a good God, he said this. Now, this is his opinion. Mm. If God is unable to prevent evil, then he's not all-powerful. I'll read that again. Mm. If God is unable to prevent evil, then he is not all-powerful. If God is not willing to prevent evil, then he's not all-good. And if God is both willing and able to prevent evil, then why does evil exist? Mm. So this is the logical thinking that people come along with. Clearly they've missed something, but we'll get to that. Epicurus, David Hume, and a number of other modern philosophical thinkers who think this way, they don't understand one important thing, and that's the importance of free will. Mm. And we're going to come back to that a little bit later. But first, I want to look at the subject of the character of God for a moment, and it'll help us to frame this difficult subject. Mm. So is God good or bad? That's that's the point I'm going to ask and address here. Mm. So you'll remember from last week we looked at how and what God created. Mm. To start today, I want to look at a phrase that's repeated seven times. Very interesting, it uses this number seven. Mm. Seven is a very complete number in the Bible. And throughout the creation story, there's, uh, there's this phrase. Let me just cover a couple of verses. So throughout the, uh, the creation narrative, at the end of each portion of the, his creation, God says something. It says, it's recorded that God says, he declares that it was good. That's in Genesis 1, 4, 10, 12, 18, 21, 25, and 31. Mm. Okay, so let me just read one of them. It says in verse 4, And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Mm. Okay, so that's in verse 4. He he sees it, and it's good. Um, When you come down to verse 10, it says, And God called the land earth, the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw it, that it was good. Mm. And this phrase is continued to be used right through the creation story. It was good, it was good, it was good, until he gets to verse 31, and he finishes all his creation, he takes a look over everything, and in verse 31 he says, God saw everything that God had made, and indeed it was very good. Mm. So, Every time he he looked at his creation after he had or perused it, if you like, after he had finished, he said, "It's good. It's mm. good. It's good. It's good. It's very good." So I'd suggest that this means that uh, he what he created was created perfect without any fault. Um, when I when I looked at the things I made that I talked about last week, when mm. I finished, I stood back and thought, "That's good," mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that's what God's done. He, he stood back and said. Yes, I did that right. Mm. In fact, the things that God made were good because they were good. It says something about his character. Mm. So because he made good things, he himself must be good. Yeah, that's right, Carmelina. If you remember from a few programs ago, we looked at the character of God and we looked at Exodus 34. And in verse 6 and 7, we looked at the kind of characteristics that God told Moses about. He said he was merciful, 
gracious, long-suffering or patient. He abounds in goodness and truth. He showed mercy to generations. And we also saw that he was a God of justice. Mm. But as they say, the proof is in the pudding. (laughs) And that (laughs) means the actions actually display the character. In actual fact, this is what Jesus said. Um, Would you believe that when Jesus came, he he reiterates this same thing. Mm. He says, if you want to know what God is like, you know, look at me and look at my behaviour, and then you'll know what God is like. So in verse 17 to 20 of chapter 7 of Matthew, Mm. Jesus says this, Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Mm. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. So we look at what God does, and what conclusion do you come to? Hmm. It's, it's a bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. Correct. So, yeah. So if a bad tree can't bring forth good fruit and God is doing good things, mm. then he must be good. Yeah, he must be good. <laughs> so to clarify, just because we read, just because we read about bad things in the Bible, and it seems that God does them, you have to understand what's going on to get the right picture. Now, now let me just explain this for a moment. Mm. And I think I've explained this particular example, but you can apply, you can extrapolate this and you can apply it to all examples in the Bible. Mm. When I look at the Israelites going into the promised land, so God said, I'm going to take you to a good land. Now, he's actually taking them back to the land where their forefathers came from. But after they left and they went into Egypt and they were in slavery for 400 years, other people came in and took over those lands. So God says, I'm going to take you back to those lands. So the people that came in knew about the God of Abraham. They knew about the God of Isaac. Mm -hmm. They knew about the God of Jacob. But when they leave, they still hear about the things that are going on. Word travels around a bit like the grapevine. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And for those 420 years that they're in captivity, these people still hear about God, Mm. and yet they they won't follow God. Mm. So when when the Israelites come back to these lands, God has given these people over 400 years to make their choices as to who they'll follow Mm. from their free will. And 99% of them choose not to follow God. But one family did. Mm. Well, certainly one family in Jericho, in this one city they went into. Mm. So God said they've had enough time. This land is for you and your generation so that the Messiah can come. So he says, I have to clear the way for that to happen. Mm. And I've given these people a lot of time. Remember, one of the characteristics of God was patience. Mm-hmm. And so he is patient with these people. But when we just read it surface, it looks like God is really mean. He says, go in and kill everybody. Mm. But what we forget is that if he hadn't done that, perhaps we wouldn't have a Messiah that was coming on time. Mm, absolutely. Well, it's time for another break. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later. Before we get to the break, we have our listener question for you. What was something you were told was good, but when you tried it, you found out it was bad? Text us in on 0488880891. We'd love to hear from you. Also, stick around. We have our book offer coming up later in the program. It is titled God, 
Really? Good news about the God I don't believe in, written by Harold Geisenbricht. Be sure to stick around for that, but right now, this is Am I a Soldier of the Cross, written by Doris Johnson. by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we have another episode from the series of David Maxwell, which is Are You Listening? And today we are talking about good and evil, light and dark. Mm. Now, David, before the break, you're saying that God's good actions show that he is a good God. 
Yes. So if God isn't good, where did all the bad stuff come from then? So it originated with Lucifer, but God made Lucifer. So w- uh, what's going on here? <laughs> so you hear people saying, yeah. God made Lucifer, Lucifer was bad, yeah. God made bad. Yeah. Now, that's an understandable uh, initial observation, mm. okay? However, let's read a couple of verses in the Bible that actually cl- clarifies this for us. Mm. In Ezekiel uh, chapter 28, well, let me just back up for a moment. Okay. Before the break, I said a bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. Mm. And when we see this early in God's creation narrative, we see clearly that God is very good because he expressed it in what he did. Mm. So did he did did Lucifer just go bad uh, at some point and make something bad? Or did God do that? Did God change from being good and become bad when he made something bad? Mm. All right, I hope I'm not confusing people. So let me read what happens uh, with Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Now, this is very important. So in Ezekiel chapter 28, now this part, I haven't got time to explain it all, but the first part of chapter 28 is talking about the physical king of Tyre. Mm. The Bible calls him the prince of Tyre. The second half, it has a reference to the king of Tyre, but we already addressed the physical person. So if the Bible calls the physical physical person a prince, well, a prince is responsible to the king, correct? Mm. And the king that's addressed here is not a physical person. So let me read it to you. Son of man, this is in uh, verse 12 of Ezekiel 28, reading from the New King James. Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. This is not the physical king that's living. It's a spiritual entity, which you'll see in a moment, mm. <coughs> that's pulling his uh, strings, if you like. Mm. And say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. So he says that Lucifer was the seal of perfection. He was absolutely perfect. Mm. Okay, just clarify that. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. So that that rules Adam and Eve, and it's not God because God's not created. Mm. And then it lists all the stones that he was covered with, or he had in his covering. Uh, mm. the, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you in the day you were created. That's his musical ability. Mm. He has percussion and he has melody. You were the anointed cherub who covers. Remember the Ark of the Covenant, those two angels that were on the Ark of the Covenant? They were called the covering cherub, and they covered the glory of God. So this is talking about an angel. That's what a cherub is. Mm. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery uh, stones. I don't know what they are, something in heaven. Mm. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. You were perfect in your Mm. way. In the day, from the day you were created, till iniquity or rebellion was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, it goes on to explain what that rebellion is. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, a covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Mm. 
And you corrupted, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground, I laid you before kings that they might gaze upon you. And then it goes on and it speaks prophetically about what's going to happen to him. Mm. <clears throat> but it says in verse 18, you defiled your sanctuaries. Not God. God mm. didn't make something bad. Here it was very, very clear that God made something absolutely perfect. So if we have mm. children who run off the rails, it's not always your fault. No. Yeah, we might do some things that lead to that or, or, or point them in that direction, but it's not necessarily your fault. So let me just clarify something here. If God's created beings didn't have free will or the ability to choose what they would do and who they would serve, then if, in effect they'd be robots. Mm. They would serve God because there were no other options. Mm. Now, if someone was truly controlling and power-hungry, do you think they'd create beings with the ability to choose not to obey them or follow them. Mm. No, they wouldn't. Mm. If, if someone was truly controlling and power hungry, they would want those beings. They would force those beings to follow them. Mm. However, if they had the ability to choose to obey or disobey, free will if you like, mm. then it shows the real love of a God who wants worship because his beings want to give the worship, not because they have to. Yeah. So in doing this, God takes a terrible, terrible risk. However, God thinks that the power of choice is so important that he makes his plan, should it go wrong, and it's a plan that's guaranteed with his life. Mm. Let me explain that. Have you ever had something given, or have you ever given something to someone, and it was very valuable, and you told them to guard it with your life? Mm. Okay, it's just a saying. Mm. But you might not have done it yourself, but someone else, you might have heard someone else saying it, you know, mm. guard it with your life. I don't want anything to happen to this. Well, this is just what God does. He protects our free will or our ability to choose with Jesus' life. Mm. He makes a plan that if we choose wrong, he will fix it up. Mm. Now, that's a good God. Amen. Yeah. That's not a bad God. And Lucifer chooses Lucifer chooses. When we read these verses in Ezekiel that we read earlier, we see very clearly that God created Lucifer perfect in every way, just like he did for us. And when he was finished, I'm sure he looked and said, very good, mm. very good. This is the, the cream of the, the, creme, of the creme de la creme. <laughs> <laughs> However it, it difficult it might be to understand, even something mm. created perfect can make mistakes yes. because it's created and it's not God. God gave each the power to choose. So how did it go wrong? Well, in Ezekiel twenty-eight seventeen, as we read, we have a glimpse that Lucifer starts to see his perfection. He takes his eyes off God to do that. He must. Mm. And he looks at how beautiful he is and he starts to desire some of the worship that God alone has. And in Isaiah, uh, let me go to Isaiah 14, 13 and 14, and we see what happens. So here it's entitled in my Bible, The Fall of Lucifer. Mm. And in verse 13 it says, it actually says in 12, how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut to the ground. Mm. For you have sinned, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into the heavens, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend to the um, uh, I will ascend, sorry, I lost my place. Sorry. 
I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. So he has mm. a problem with his eyes, doesn't he? Mm. I, I, I. <laughs> yeah, should have gone to the uh, optometrist. Yeah, should have gone to Specsavers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, sorry. When we take our eyes off God, we start to look at ourselves, and then it's easy to, to desire more than God's plan for us or that he says is good for us. Mm. So Lucifer plants these seeds of discord, within the legions of angels. Mm. And he gives them another option for worship. Remember, they had no other option. They worshipped God because they wanted to. They loved him. He was good. Mm. They experienced his goodness. But then Lucifer comes along and says, well, why don't we worship me? (laughs) And they're thinking, Yeah, why not? (laughs) We never thought of that. And so he's planted this discord. Mm. And um, he he points them away from God, either to him or themselves, like he's just done. Nothing's happened to me, he must be saying. Mm. And it's a dangerous choice that results in a war, and I would say a war of words. But in Revelation 12 and verse 7, it explains there's war in heaven. Yeah. So once Lucifer is cast out of heaven for his rebellious act, he goes on to to spoil God's perfect creation here on earth. And just Mm. like the angels were created with the power of choice to choose to love God freely, God desires the same unforced response from mankind, and they Mm. have the power. We have the power to choose as well. Mm. So really, both angels and mankind fell because we chose so poorly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, Carmelina. And and Lucifer offered the angels something they didn't have, another kind of leader. Mm. Adam and Eve were offered something they didn't have, the ability to know both good and evil, and evil was something God didn't want us to know about. Mm. Remember, he's a very good God, and he mm. wants to shield us from the things that aren't good for us. Mm, absolutely. Well, um, it's time for another break, but here is our book offer for today. God, really? Um, Good news about the God I don't believe in, written by Harold Geisenberg. It's an interesting last name. (laughs) Addressing challenging questions about the character of God. Defending God against the objections of science is much easier than defending him against the damage believers themselves have inflicted on his reputation. There are interpretations of the Bible that portrays God more like a violent psychopath than a loving God one would wish to exist. This book shares some of the author's personal journey through some of the most difficult questions you can ask about the God of the Bible. The code is after the break, so stick around. But right now, this is You Are Not Alone by Meredith Andrews. Fear 
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we are finishing up our program this morning with David Maxwell on the topic of good and evil, light and dark. Now, before the break, as promised, we have our giveaway for this morning. We have only a few to give away, so be sure to get in quick. Quick, sorry, don't quit. Get in quick. And um, that book was God, really? Good news about the God I don't believe in. Um, this was written by Harold Geisenbrecht. And to claim the book this morning, you must write in the code and text it in. That code is LISTEN6, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the number 6. Text that in to 0488880891. That is LISTEN6. L-I-S-T-E-N and the number six, no spaces. Text that into 0488880891 to claim your free offer today. That number is 0488880891. Don't miss out. So, David, before the break, we're explaining that... God is really good, and He wasn't responsible for the bad that has entered the universe. You know, we mm. made we made those choices. Yep. So, yep. how does this help us who are surrounded by this evil? You know, we're here on Earth, and mm. how does that help us out? Yeah, it's a really important point. You know, we need rescuing. Clearly, we need rescuing from this mess. Mm. 
And we've talked about good and evil. We haven't talked about dark and light. So just an illustration. When you go into a dark room, so you got up this morning and, you, mm. and it was all dark, and well, probably, because I think you get up earlier than I do, <laughs> and, and you turn on the light, where does the dark go? Does yeah. it slip out the window? <laughs> does it zip into the other room under the door and make that room darker? No, it just disappears. It's just consumed, isn't it? Yeah. It's consumed by the light. Mm. Well, the same is true in the spiritual sense. Let, let me explain it for you. In John 1 and verse 14... It says, talking about the Word, that it's been saying the Word was God, the Word was with God, mm. um, and He was God from the beginning. It says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm. Clearly, I would say that this glory, that He's full of grace and truth or light, and I would suggest He veiled this while he was here mm. because it would be very difficult for us to maybe impossible to see the full glory of God. Mm. Um, Moses wasn't allowed to see the full glory of God. God said you can't because if you do, you won't live anymore because mm. he's sinful. So this is where light, dark, good and evil start to cross over. Sometimes while he was here, that glory shone through in, in part. So the transfiguration, you'll remember he's up on the mountain and they see Jesus glowing brighter than any whiteness they've ever experienced. Mm. On his arrest in John, in the story of John, it says that when they came to arrest him, Jesus said, who are you after? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth, and he says, I am he. And when he said that, they all fell backwards. Mm. One, one commentator that I read said that he, he, his glory burst through momentarily. Mm. They saw that and, and they fell on their face as they <laughs> would. Um, what about when he was exiting the tomb? You know, the angel came down. He was so bright. But I'm sure as Jesus came out of that tomb, the stone was rolled away. There was a brightness there too. Mm. And then clearly on the road to Damascus, he's back in heaven and he breaks through the darkness of this world and he shows himself to Paul. Mm. We'll see him in all his glory when he returns. Matthew twenty four thirty explains that. When he comes back, he will bring his glory and his power with him. Mm. And the eternal life in the light and power of that glory. Mm. And it will be an all-consuming light. In this world, we're born into darkness, but Jesus brings us his light, life and his light. Mm. In Ephesians uh, chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that we're his workmanship. You know, mm. He created us for good works, not for bad works. And what does it say in Romans thirteen twelve, Carmelina? It says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Mm. So mm. there it's contrasting the darkness in the sin and evil and the light in the brightness and the beauty of the purity of God. Mm. And he says, put that on, take my glory, put it on. And what does this mean for us then who are surrounded by all this sin and evil and darkness? Well, first mm. of all, Jesus came and lived like one of us. Mm. Now, this is a very important point because he was dependent on the infilling power of God 
to show us how to do it, how mm. to live that righteous life. Because otherwise we could say, well, he wasn't playing fair. Mm. He wasn't playing fair. You know, he kept all his glory and of course he can overcome the darkness. He can overcome the evil and the sin. But no, he put that aside. And as I said earlier just then, uh, sometimes some of that glory shone through, but he didn't use it for himself. He conquered the disobedient nature that we had, that he was born with this, this in, in this, with the same kind of tendencies that we have, but mm. he didn't give in to them. Mm. And so he understands what that was like, but he only did it by remaining connected to his father constantly. Mm. Then he overcomes sin, evil, and death. He dies on the cross. He does that dies the death that we should die so that we can inherit the life that he has. Now, I'm really skipping over this, and next week mm. we're going to dig into it in a lot more depth mm. to show us what it really, really means. And he offers us all this if we just place our lives in his hands and accept his gift every mm. day, the life, the light. Throughout Revelation's letter to the churches, each letter ends with something quite significant. Mm. And it says, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, to each of the seven churches. And it's quite significant that Jesus overcame, but that doesn't help us unless we can overcome. Mm. And it intimates that in those letters to the seven churches, which are the ch all, all the churches in the world. And he says to him who overcomes, and then in chapter 12 and verse 11, we touched on that war in heaven, mm. and then it brings it down to the war on earth, mm. and it says that this accuser of the brethren is cast out of heaven, and he comes down, and he's angry. Mm. And it says those that he's attacking overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So we can overcome Satan, we can overcome the darkness by the sacrifice that Jesus made and a daily experience with Jesus. Mm. So I bring you back to the opening illustration, power and love, powerful and loving God. Mm. What both the ancient and modern philosophers fail to realise is that the absolute power and importance of choice, God has given every one of us the power to choose mm. for light and life, or darkness and death? My question is, which will you choose today? Mm, absolutely. Um, thank you so much, David, for this morning's um, program. And thank you, everyone, for listening in as well. Um, to, so next week, our topic is an eternal solution. Mm -hmm. um, did you want to give us a little promo for that? <laughs> yeah, well, we've just touched on what Jesus did, and, and mm. we're going to delve into the depths of that solution that Jesus provided for mankind, because I've kind of wetted your whistle, if you like. <laughs> you know, you want the life, you live in the dark, mm. how do I get it? And mm. what did Jesus actually do to help us to have that? Absolutely. Join us tomorrow with Tamika Spalding and myself or Jason um, and for another Connecting the Dots episode. And that title will be The Joy of Sabbath. So be sure to stick, um, join us for that one tomorrow morning. Also remember the code for today's book is LISTEN6. Text that into 048880891. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. And remember, God is speaking, but are you listening? This next song is Be Thou My Vision by Sila. Thank you, David. Have a great day. Thanks, Carmelina. Oh, Lord of my heart, not
True.